What's up, you rebel-minded freaks? This is where we question everything and provoke the normality of the world, all in an effort to face ourselves and become better humans. That's what it takes to be rebel-minded. You in? Let's do this. Good morning, all my beautiful people. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the Rebel Mind Podcast. I'm Zach Kinson. I'm the coach, the provocateur, the changer of things, hopefully. And it's um, it's an early morning, a good one. I always try to bring him a little bit of perspective beginning of a podcast, and I was lifting yesterday, as I tend to do, and uh, enjoying myself. I was I was in the zone. Um, whenever I'm, whenever I am, kind of lacking the fortitude. Um, whenever I'm unsure about the capability of my body that day, which tends to happen a lot. I, I focus, I dial in harder. I forget about my exterior environment more. And I do it because I am looking to accomplish. I'm looking to follow through and not cheat myself. And uh, most days it works. Some days it doesn't. Some days, you know, your body's just not there. But the beautiful thing, the very, very beautiful thing, in my point of view about lifting, and it's probably about a lot of other things, you know, things that you guys do that you do your best when you're you're just dialed in, mentally dialed in. You become more connected to your thing. You become more satisfied by your thing afterwards. And that's what happens to me. And I was deadlifting yesterday and I had my headphones in. And there's one particular song that I, no matter what, use over and over again when I'm coming up to a bar that I'm unsure of lifting every time every time and it's because it's part of my process and my process lasts about 20 seconds before I even approach I put the song on I get my head right I visualize I have the same exact process every time I step up to the bar and to me that consistency is what makes you successful. That consistency is what gets the pull done right to the best of your ability. And <laughs> I had some friends watching, and it's not that I don't enjoy camaraderie. It's not that, you know, I, I don't like to, to joke around about things, but people were kind of giving me flack about my about my process, you know? You know, kind of having that, you know, they can visually see that I'm, changing that I'm starting to ignore my exterior but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that 
over the last few months, I've realized something very, very, very important. And that is that we should not ever detour from the way that we do things. And I don't mean not change. You know, I don't mean not adapt. I mean, don't let the world tell you or to describe to you or don't you yourself think that there's anything more that you need to do than the way that you do it. If you've found the best way that works for you, don't change that and don't and don't be intimidated to change that. Because if that's your happiness, if that's your path for success, don't be pressured or don't be shamed to feel bad about that. I lift the weight that I do because of my process. I love the sport the way that I do because of my process. Because I know what it does for me. And the world is throwing out hundreds and thousands of things that you're supposed to do to be the ideal person, to be the ideal partner, to be the ideal business, to be the ideal influence, to be all of these things. And the thousands of things are not important. The very few prioritized, unique version of things are important. The way that you do them, the way that you see them, the way that you accomplish them is what matters. And I guess that actually kind of bleeds into the episode today. Although maybe from a different angle is that we need to recognize what's fake. And even though the challenge may be strong, we have to learn to adapt and condition ourselves to the true version of us, which so many of us have to do after being badly conditioned by the exterior world from our childhood. Because in a lot of ways, we didn't really have any choice. We didn't know any better. And it's time to change that. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get into it. Episode 37. Recognizing the pseudo-self and how to overcome it. Did you guys listen in on the last two podcasts about the balance study? If you did... It'd be awesome to know what you thought. Did you gain anything from it? Is there anything that has related to you in your own life? And if you have any questions or epiphanies about it, I'd really like to hear, honestly. One of the biggest things that I noticed coming out of that study was, and this should have been more obvious probably, is that us men have grown into a false identity so deeply that we ourselves take years to recognize that something is missing that something is off, and it tends to take a lot of suffering or a major disruption in our life to realize this isn't us, that it, it doesn't benefit us, that we're enduring this super painful thing and we want the fuck out. There was a term that I learned from a leader in my own community, and it's what he called the pseudo-self. It's not exactly a coin term, but there is a great power to it. The pseudo-self is the false version of you. 
the part of you that has been suppressed and run by the world's expectations instead of your own. There tends to be a lot of emotional impulse on situations, unhealthy actions, unhealthy indulgence, and situational avoidance. Or at least, this is how I would describe the pseudo-self for me. When I did the women's side of this study, I realized how much I needed to work on my own personal relationships. When I did the men's side of the study, I realized how much I was living in my own pseudo-self, despite the work that I'm doing now. And there are so many of us men facing that exact same thing. So it's actually super relieving that there are a lot of us in this together. And it shows that this is a huge issue and that no one is completely impenetrable to its effects. The problem is that so many of us are too scared to ask for the support. As men, a lot of times we see each other, but we don't dare risk asking for assistance. There's such an in-depth fear of looking weak. I see it, and I know it, and I still struggle with it myself. It's so embedded that it's become natural to shy away from support and working together. And if this thing is so damn present, this pseudo-fake version of ourselves, then what is it doing to us? And how do we overcome it? It's truly my belief that there is some greater connection to ourselves that is truly waiting for so many of us. Although there are people that were lucky enough to be living their truth already. And you know who I'm talking about. They're not the ones that are the uber successful or wealthy necessarily. They are the ones that kind of glow. They take up a lot of space. Their personalities are huge. And they seem to be so welcoming to everything in life. They don't get destroyed by the flaw and failure in life. They just lean into it. They seem to have just the right formula for living deeply and fulfilled. And when we see them, we yearn to be like that. We kind of already know that they have something to envy. We may not be able to pin it down, but our gut tells us that they are living full and expressing themselves completely and with courage. But this isn't saved for the few that were lucky enough to be praised and accepted for their personalities and goals early on. There are many that have worked their ass off to find this too. And that's where most of us will join that army. Most of us weren't raised in the best environment. So we have to find our own way. We have to find our own light, disregard others' opinions of us, and live our fucking truth unapologetically. And it's so doable, my friends, I promise. My past tells tales of being the most hopeless, timid, ashamed, settling little person in the world. Five years ago, I would have never thought about speaking to a mic, speaking to hundreds or thousands of people. Back when I wasn't just small of stature, I was small in my life. I didn't show so much of myself. I was afraid it would promote pain or suppression of someone else. I didn't think it was good enough to be anything more than what I was. I felt like the world chose my path for me. I felt like my strength had been set by some genetic standard, and I didn't think I had any choice in becoming something great. All of the people I looked up to just had something that I didn't, and I figured if anything amazing was going to come to me, I had to wait for the world to offer it up on some sort of fine china. 
but that's just not how it works. And the work we have to do to find our truth is insanely rough in the beginning. We're fighting something that has always been us. We've been caged for years. You think that's just going to change with a switch? (laughs) Nah, bro. So if you accept the fact that there's a lot of hard work in front of you, then you're already on your way. And you're past the most pivotal point in your journey when you can believe and accept that. That choice will change everything. The pseudo-self is taking away our lives. I mean, like if you're meant to live to 80 years old, if you live out your life not looking for the true version of you, then you're wasting away 90% of it. For most of us, that real 10% of us lies in our childhood before we knew of the world's expectations and in those scarce moments when we have the courage to show ourselves as adults. But we can turn the tide. We can change that ratio. We can turn that pseudo-self into what we were originally meant to be. The world doesn't make the rules. We do. It's fake. We can't control how the world acts and what coincidentally brings up barriers in front of us, but we can decide how to react and overcome. And that will be your true self when you face these things. The pseudo-self in us is making our choices for us. It's creating the environment beyond our own eyes. It's the conditioning of us that was created by all of who convinced us of what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to act. It's keeping us in shitty jobs. It's keeping us in destructive, painful relationships. It's keeping us in a scarcity mindset, and it's completely fucking up any point of view that makes us feel amazing about the lives we're living. All of this because we're living as a fake version of ourselves. We're deciding against our intuition and our gut instincts. Its foundation? Fear of not being accepted in the world that we live in. We truly fear not being accepted. It's just wired into our brains. It's biologically built in from what made us a successful species in the first place. The tribe and the community. And on top of that, society has just pushed that a little more intensely by saying, if you don't have this, or if you don't do this, the world won't love you. Our own people, the lovers of all things superiority, have taken advantage of our psychological processes. And yes, they do it on purpose. It makes them money. But I'm not here to shame the world. I'm here to change the truth of it. And I'm not here to point out the evil because evil exists whether we like it or not. Yeah, I do create a bit of a depressing truth sometimes, don't I? (laughs) It's just part of my process. I'm never going to lie to all of you. A long time ago, I decided I'm no longer putting a cherry on top. And I think it's necessary in order to actually grow. We need to feel the pain of the truth. We need to know what is hurting us and how we're all failing. And I know it sucks, but I promise there is a positive on the other end. A huge positive. A huge success. We build ourselves up not by avoiding the painful truth, but by walking the fuck through it. If you can set fire to your feet and find yourself alive on the other side, 
there will be less and less out there to stop you. So, let's work on the overcome, shall we? First step, recognition. Always, always, always. Most of us men are so deeply sunk in, we don't even question ourselves. We're convinced. Unless we've gone through something that has knocked us off our high horse, it seems. But I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're probably recognizing things about yourself that are probably pseudo. It's that icky feeling. That one that tells you it doesn't feel right. It's that feeling at your core, in the center of your heart, saying that you're going to give up yourself or your time for someone else's glory or benefit and completely disregard your own. If we're not recognizing these moments, then we'll never condition ourselves to see how much we're outside of our own truth. The idea is to take away the numbing that we are doing in order to keep everyone outside of ourselves happy. But why is our happiness not priority? Why is your expression, your passion, your time, your mission not a priority? Why is it always about someone else? The more we make everyone else priority over ourselves, the more we are living as our pseudo-self. Remember all of this data about becoming a balanced man? I've always talked about replacing habits. We can't just delete them. We have to take out the bad by having something good, or at least progressive, to replace it. And it's not always going to feel good. This transition is going to suck a lot of the times. But if you can turn your perspective to love what you're changing, it will make this far easier. So this is probably the best we get to multitasking as men. You're deleting what sucks to also make yourself what you want and or need. Now, once we know what it is we're going to replace, we're going to be fighting our psychological conditioning that keeps us coming back to those bad habits, that keeps us in fear. And by the way, when I'm talking bad habits, I'm not talking about the slice of cake you want before bed on the nights you're stressed, or the cigarette or the beer. I'm not talking about your impulse to spend money when you don't have it, or the Tinder swiping you do to make you feel in control. I'm talking about the legitimate things that control your voice, your actions, and what you pursue. The way that you hold back your voice so as not to be judged. The way you stop from doing the things that you want because you might get laughed at or shamed. The way you stunt your own growth because you think you're not capable of others supporting you. All of this is the control of the pseudo-self, and it's this thing that you must fight. What's going to happen is you're going to have emotional impulse to act a certain way that is acceptable and speak a certain way that is agreeable by society's standards. Most times in the beginning, you're going to fail. You won't have the awareness to recognize where you're suppressing yourself. This is where things like being mindful of yourself comes into play. It's where you are capable of interjecting your thoughts to say, mm, wait a minute, that's, that's not right. You have to tip the scales enough to change the way you talk to yourself. It's a real psychological change that gets you to short the spark that precedes that bad habit. It's the slowing of your thinking just enough to catch yourself. And we have to slowly change that ratio of the negative shaming we talk about in our heads to the positive supporting ones. The two greatest things by far that I've learned to become mindful of myself are affirmations and presence. 
We move in the world so quickly, things are becoming automatic, and it's part of the brain's process. We live so much in our past and our future, it's controlling our actions and even the way we think of ourselves. Affirmations are what we intentionally say to ourselves to create that short. And one of the best ways to do this is not to just assume you're going to do it throughout the day, but set aside real scheduled time to speak them. For me, I purposely listen to affirmations to start my day in the morning, to start my drive. The words I hear from others give me the confidence to speak them to myself and believe them. I do this most mornings, and it helps me believe in what I'm capable of doing and set in stone my intention for the day. But you have to do whatever works for your unique situation and thinking. This intentional self-talk might feel kind of weird at first, but it's your kickstart for what's to come. When you think about it, how much positive self-talk do you do? How many times do you congratulate yourself for accomplishing small things? How many times do you tell yourself it's okay when you fail? How many times do you laugh off and let go of things that you completely missed or forgot about? Most times, we don't. We shame, scold, and blame ourselves for everything that goes wrong. And rarely ever do we actually tell ourselves thank you or good job or you're fucking killing it, you little hamster. Okay, that one's just for me, but you get it. Presence is the hard one, especially for us men, because we always want to fix. We tend to be thinking forward most of the time. Future, progress, when this is done, blah, 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 blah. But we also may be doing it to run from our past, which oddly enough means we never deal with that past. And if we never deal with it, we never have the skill to face it. But we're getting off track here. Presence is something we must do, even if we have to schedule it. Don't worry, it will become more natural. But presence means being where you are at any given moment. Not thinking about future projects, honey-do lists, or how much you hate yourself for failing at something. You have to focus on what's in front of you, whether that be friends around a fire, playing an instrument, sex with a lover, this will change the way sex works for you, by the way, or soaking up the sun on a beach. Presence is more about feeling than thinking. Your head has to be wrapped around what's in the moment and who's with you, not about your work, your money, your problems, or even your internal work. It has to be about now. The way I do this for myself and with clients is in conjunction with awareness and mindfulness. When there are high moments of stress or anxiety or pressure, I bring myself to the moment. I focus on my breath to slow down my mind and my body, and I take in what I can with my surroundings. I listen to and smile and connect with those present with me. It's super easy to physically be present, but not as easy to be mentally and emotionally present. Our bodies and voices can be doing one thing while our brain is trailing off into situations, projects, assumptions, and so on. But as for the real intention of being present, it can truly be done anywhere at just about any time. It's what we call being in the moment. And to be honest, this is hard as fuck for me because I'm always trying to think about my future goals. Most of us men do. We want to feel the accomplishment. And it's going to be rough, but it will give you balance and give your mind and body rest and moments of recovery. It will give you small chunks of peace throughout your day. You can't just save this shit for the getaway weekends, the vacations, and the sexy time you share with your partner. 
<laughs> you have to truly practice these things daily and weekly in order to find balance and to relieve pressure and get away from the conditioned habit of your mind always being somewhere else. Now, how does this all help with the pseudo self? What all of this does is it gives you the ability to realize your control, for you to find spots for happiness and not feel so rushed. In realizing your control, in my opinion, you have a better chance of seeing what matters. And you're also creating the habit of slowing down enough to be mindful, to see where you can change the way you perform for yourself, the way that you speak and act in your truth. When we are truly present, our stress comes down, our anxiety dissipates, our bodies loosen, and we find calm and joy with where we are at. Just remember, a lot of our pseudo-cells were created by fear and expectation. It's not so much your fault, but when we can see it for what it is, when we can see that at its core of creation is a primal need to avoid exile, we can face that fear in order to release our pressure and find the real freedom in living the true version of ourselves. And it will be a constant fight. It will hurt, and you'll be all of the things. You'll be embarrassed and ashamed, and you'll feel awkward. You'll lose some friendships, be looked at as eccentric, be judged for your unique choices. But all of it, all of it is to allow your freedom one that you may not have felt for a very long time. To answer the call of the little boy or the little girl that just wants to play and dance and be lively and present and the fun little human he or she was meant to be. Adulthood is not about responsibility and paying bills and following rules and getting promotions and buying all of the things. From my view, it's meant for exploration it's meant for change and experience and joy and playfulness and expression and moments. It's not giving up child to become adult. It's leveling up from adolescence with more influence, wisdom, and skill to perform in this world the way that we were meant to. And you deserve it. Wherever you're at, right now, you deserve it. We all deserve it. You don't have to become successful or have all of the things finally to allow yourself to live truly. You don't have to have anything to allow yourself access to the truth of you. You deserve it because you were born, because humans were meant to be unique, and because you do a disservice to yourself and others to be anything but that. It's kind of an obligation to our existence, don't you think? We were never meant to be molded or suppressed into what the world wanted. We were meant to be raised up, accepted, and had our personalities and passions amplified and our gifts seen. I think the world would be a far happier and progressive one if so many of us didn't have to fight bad conditioning. But if that's the way that we've been fed, if that's our generation's fight, then it's time to fight the pseudo-self and bring ourselves and our inner child back into play. It's time to show who we are and not fear it. Because when we do show who we are, we give others the power to do the same. <sighs> whatever you are, whatever beauty and awesomeness you have inside of you, give it to the world. Give it to yourself. And make this life the one to be envied. 
Envied enough to make others want to change. Inspire and bring as many as you can with you. And help change the world with your intensity and spirit before the end. Be real. Be you. Stay rebel-minded, my loves. Creed Soldier, out. All right, guys. If you're here, then you have some sort of connection or curiosity of what goes on. So from the bottom of my little hamster heart, thank you. Even through a mic, that's what we call connection. And my life always gets better and more clear with all the souls that I get to connect with. If you like what you're hearing, or you want to share your story with me and the podcast, which I would absolutely love, write in. Send me an email or send me a text. You can contact me through IG as Creed Soldier or email me at Zachary at ChaosCreed.com. That's Z-A-C-K-A-R-Y at K-H-A-O-S-K-R-E-E-D.com. And of course, if you're up to the challenge and curious about really speeding up your self-development and your potential and getting committed to bettering yourself, send me a notification with Getting Rebel Minded in the title. Even if all you need is that confidential space to talk, I'm here to give that to you. Share, like, and follow the podcast if it means something to you. Then you'll know when every new episode and interview has been published. I've always got more good things coming.